0: Hello and welcome back to the Sitting on My Bed podcast. My name is Simcha Klein, and um, I have to include a trigger warning for this week's episode. Um, I'm gonna be discussing topics like um, depression, self harm, and suicide. Um, so if those are uncomfortable for you or unsafe for you to be listening to, I fully understand, and you know, skip this episode. Listen in next week. Um, but. For those of you who are okay with any that kind of stuff, um, just know that that will be brought up. Um, so that being said, let's jump into it. Um, this week was a little bit of um, a weird kind of um, combination of feelings. Um, the semester is wrapping up. Um, you know, one of my classes already ended, um, because, um, our official last day, well, really our official last day was supposed to be May 17th, and then we pretty much already finished the curriculum and just had the final paper left, which my professor made optional, um, so then our last day was going to be Wednesday the 4th, um, but then Monday the 2nd, because we all had our final grades already, and a lot of students were out celebrating, um, Eid, um, there were only, like, six or seven kids in the class. So, professor's professor just like, you know what? Let's just make today our last day. You don't have to come in on Wednesday. So, that was nice of her. Um, and then, the elementary school was going well. You know, wrapping that up as well. Um, you know, I like what I do there. And apparently, there's, like, a lot of teacher... There's a lot of proposed teacher turnover. Which I think I mentioned last week. Um, and... The high school was kind of rough this week. Um, we... Started a new book. We started a book called Tuesdays with Maury. Um and like, it was a rough start, but I think we're getting somewhere. But like, two or three of the kids just have absolutely no shame for being disrespectful, like mocking me in front of my face, like two, like not mocking me to me, mocking me to each other in front of their face. Or like I'll be standing in front of them and they'll still be trying to talk to each other. I'm like, do you not see me or do you not know proper classroom etiquette? I'm just like, what is ro-? like no shame. Um, but that's not the focus of this week. Um, one of my tutoring kids who I've been tutoring for about two years now, I think, um, you know, we're very close. He's the youngest of four kids. Um, he has three older brothers, none of whom live at home anymore. Um, the oldest one's married, and the old, the other two, you know, one is in school in Israel, and the other one, I don't even know where he is. Um, his parents are divorced, he lives with his mother, um, I don't know if I mentioned this a couple months ago, um, but this is the same one whose father stole his money, um, and, you know, he was very close, um, and I noticed that lately he's, um, on Sunday, um, he was very, like, down and depressed, and I was like, you know, trying to, I didn't want to probe too much, but at the same time, like, clearly something was bothering him, like, he was, like, kind of falling asleep, and, and, like, he was barely paying attention, he could barely pick his head up, I'm like, what's going on, come on, talk to me, um, he just said that, you know, he's been very depressed lately, I know he's in therapy for his ADHD, um, and his therapist diagnosed him with depression and anxiety, which, neither of which are surprising, knowing this kid, um, I don't know if he's on any vacation for depression, um, and we talked about it for a little while, and, you know, um, I, wanting to be proactive, made him promise to never hurt himself, and he says, no, of course, I would never, you know, um, you know, emphatically, um, and I think it's a delicate balance between being proactive and being passive, like, I don't want to get to a point where something happens, and I say, and, and I'm kicking myself, because, you know, I should have seen the signs, and I should have been more on top of it, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be too on top of it, um, um, as to, like, scare him off or, or, you know, maybe even bring up things he wasn't thinking about, you know, whatever. Um, and then I saw texts from his father going back a month, um, half of which say, you know, because the kid, the kid cut contact with his father um after the whole money situation happened, which for those of you who don't remember, maybe I didn't mention it, Um his father basically stole the money um, that the kid earned working over the summer, um, so, he doesn't go to him anymore, he doesn't talk to him anymore, whatever, um, and, you know, I saw the texts, um, and half of them were, you know, I can't believe you did this to me, like, you make me want to kill myself, um, and the other half are, I love you so much, you're the only reason I haven't killed myself, um, you know, along with sending pictures of his dog and his room and, you know, guilt-trip, manipulative bullshit. Um, and it's awful. Kids 14 doesn't really have such a strong support system. I mean, he loves his mother. His mother loves him and, you know, takes him to therapy and she's working, but at the same time, he can feel very lonely. Um, and, you know, I made it very clear to him that I was there for him. Um, and he called me Monday night at like 1030 crying, saying that he doesn't see the point of it anymore. Um, but he's not sure if he can or wants to go on um, living, um, and it didn't sound like he was willing to hurt himself, it just sounded like he was very depressed and couldn't see a way out of it, not that he was looking for a quick exit, um, so I wasn't particularly worried about him hurting himself, but the thought did cross my mind, um, and I talked to him for about a half hour, 45 minutes, I got him calmed down, um, and unfortunately it's not the first time I've done that, um, but it's the first time I've done that as an adult to a child. Like, I've done it with my friends before, but, you know, those are, when we're similarly, when we are similarly aged and, you know, in relatively similar situations, I've never done it before as an adult. Um, But in my experience, um, oftentimes they want to talk more than they want to listen. Um, But also, like I said, there's, a line you have to walk and it's very situational between being too active and not being active enough um but eventually um we calmed down and, you know the tactic I, I don't i don't know like why i was just blanking with with him um you know i was listening to him talk and i was like i don't know what to say like normally like when this happens i usually have something at the top of my head like immediately i know what to say and basically i didn't um And, you know, it came to me eventually, you know, just talking, um, you know, I convinced, I was saying how, you know, there may not be an answer for the next 10 years or five years, you know, let's just focus on tomorrow, you know, just get until tomorrow and tomorrow, you just get till tomorrow, just keep getting till tomorrow, which sounded like an empty placity. And, and like, I'd heard it, I'd heard it a hundred times before like he could find that anywhere, like. When I've been in that situation before, normally, like, I feel like it sounds like it's coming from me, and this didn't feel like that. Um, But, you know, it worked, thankfully. Um, And I spoke with him again on Wednesday, because we actually had a tutoring session. You know, he said he's still depressed, but it's better than it was on Monday, and he just kept thanking me. And I'm just like, of course, you don't thank me. He goes, you have no idea. Um, And I'm just like, yeah, I kind of do, but, you know, whatever, it's all good. Um, But... I was I was worried because it got very bad very fast. Like there had been times before where, like he'd been upset about something or whatever. But never like this. And I'm like, did I miss something along the way? Like this came out of nowhere and Yeah, you know, like he's a good kid and I like him and I'm and I'm fighting for him like I do with all my kids. But like I never really had that feeling. You know, with some of my kids I have the feeling that I care about them, like, it's immediate, and it lasts long for some, but I've had it with my campus, I've had it with my students, like, there are a lot of kids who I immediately feel, like, I'm gonna fight for them, and I will die, like, I'm there for them forever, and I was explaining this to actually one of them, um, because, you know, he's in eighth grade, and he's beginning, like, senioritis, like, ugh, I can't do it anymore, like, it's just so annoying, um, and, you know, I was like, yes, you can do it. Yes, you will do it. And the other day, like, I pulled him into a classroom. Um, and I'm like, look, the day's going to be what it is. And you can either come in with a positive outlook or a negative outlook, which also felt kind of, like, empty. Like, this sounds so cliche, but whatever. Um but we talked for, like, a solid, like, 10 minutes. You know, I walked him into class to make sure he wasn't marked down as late. Um, and, you know, I was like, and we, you know, we just talked. I was like, you know, I have my kids. Like, they're going to be my kids forever. And, you know, I made sure that he knew he was one of my kids. Like, he was like, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, good. But that was like an immediate thing. Like, I didn't have that with this kid, but clearly he has it for me that that I'm one of his people. Which is like fine, I'm happy to be that for him. But I think that's why it felt so off to be giving him that kind of advice. Like it kind of felt like my first girlfriend, um when I was like ninth grade, which, you know, yeah, girlfriend, I'm using the term loosely. Um, she lives three states away. And we've been friends since we were, like, seventh grade. And I always knew she liked me. So, you know, when I wanted a girlfriend, I asked her out. And then we broke up 24 hours later. And we're still friends to this day. Um, and she's actually the person I called for advice in this case, which I'll talk about in um, just after the break. Um, but she, but I, I have the same feeling where, like, it's not reciprocated. And I'm the one who's not reciprocating it. Like, I've had things before where I have a feeling for someone, be it friendship, be it romantic, be it platonic, be it whatever, where, like, I feel it not reciprocated back towards me. This is one of the rare times where I feel like I'm the one who's not reciprocating it. And I feel awful. Like, I I feel numb towards that kind of situation. And I don't feel numb with this kid. Like, I care for this kid deeply, but I feel like, I don't know if he's one of my kids. Or like at least not on the same level as I have with other people, so feel I feel like I'm I feel like a faker. Like I feel like a phony. Um but I'll talk about the advice my friend gave me just after the break. Um so I called a friend of mine, this friend, the you know, ex girlfriend friend, um, who was actually one of the people with whom I have experienced um talking out of a depression um, for a couple of years, you know, she was battling some pretty heavy demons, and, you know, there would be some nights where she would call me, and, you know, we would just talk for hours, um, and, like, I asked her, I, I said, I need your advice, this is the situation, and I'm worried that I'm not being active enough, or I'm not, or I'm being too active, um, I don't think he's in danger, of, I don't think he's in immediate danger of harming himself, do I mention something to his mother? And she agreed with me that, you know, there's not a concrete answer for this. Um, and she said, you know, what you're describing sounds like depression, but it doesn't sound like suicidal depression. And I said, true, but, you know, I can't be with him 24 hours a day. I'm not, I'm not even with him every night. And she goes, sounds like he just needs to know that someone's there for him to get through this. And I agreed. And so I asked her, I said, when you were going through your bad time, would you have wanted me to say something to your parents? And she says, um, no. I'm like, exactly. So she goes, look, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep an eye on it. And if it gets to a point, like, keep a sign out for, you know, like, keep an eye out for signs of self-harm, which I feel like I've been doing like subconsciously. Like, when I was with him on Wednesday, I noticed he was, like, pinching his wrist. But at the same time, like, he had a mark from his watch there. So it could just be his wrist bothering him from his watch. Um, I haven't seen any cutting signs, which, unfortunately, I know what they look like. Um, I haven't seen any, like, as far as I know, he's eating normally. Um, he's just incredibly tired. Which, I know, is a classic sign of depression. Either depression can make you extremely tired, or depression can make give you insomnia, which can make you extremely tired. Um... So I'm gonna continue keeping an eye on it, um, and like, if it doesn't get better, I might bring it up to his mother. I I I know he's on medication for his ADHD, and I don't think he is for the depression. And I don't want one to cancel out the other, but I don't know. I'm I'm not his official therapist. Like I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know what the priorities are, obviously he can't be in school properly if he has depression, but at the same time, like, can't be in school properly without his ADHD meds. But, like, obviously his mental health should come first, but so should his education, especially because it's May and he has to take a region in a month. And I don't know what to do. And I feel like this all came out of nowhere and, like, it normally does and it's not about me and it shouldn't be about me. And, like, yeah, you could take a minute and be selfish, but, like, I don't want, I don't even want to make it, like, I'm not even trying to make it about me. I just don't know what to do, and I don't want to do the wrong thing, but at the same time, like, on top of all that, I don't feel the closeness for this kid, and it's, it's like, guess I should care, and guess I do care, but like, at the same time, it's like, do I, like, do I care enough? not, am I caring the same way I would care if it was one of the kids with whom I have that relationship, and, like, do I care if it, like, I feel awful, but at the same time, I don't feel anything. And I wonder, like, what would happen if, God forbid, he heard this? Like, obviously, I'm not including his name. I, no, I, I don't think I ever included the names of people I talk about, especially definitely not their full names. Um. But, like, if he heard this. How would he react? Like, that'd be heartbreaking to know that you care about someone the way they don't care about you. Or to know that they don't care about you the way you care about them. I mean, like, I don't think he thinks I care about him the way he cares about me. Like, I was explaining to one of the 8th graders recently, and he got upset at me about something. And he goes, you're being a bad friend. I'm like, I'm not your friend. And he goes, what? I'm like, I'm not your friend, I am a teacher in the school you're you're a student in, Um, you know, I care about you, I like you, we can be friendly, but I'm not your friend, none of your teachers are your friends, they're your teachers, it's a wholly separate relationship, and he got upset at me for, you know, a couple minutes, whatever, but, like, that's an important distinction to make, like, as much as I care about these kids, and as much as I like to know the gossip, and you know, give them advice, and, you know, be there for them, I'm not their friend, and both they and I need to know that, I can't be acting like I'm their friend, I can't have the same expectations as I would if I was their friend, I, you know, I'm not gonna be hanging out with them, I'm not gonna be invited to sleepovers, you know, I'm not gonna be in the group chats, and at the same time, they can't expect me to act like their friend, like, I want... See, this is the part that's complicated. We're like, I want them to be able to talk to me about anything and everything, but at the same time, I can't talk to them about anything and everything. Like, let's say they have a question about their bodies or about relationships, or they just want to bitch about a teacher, but I can't bitch about the teacher with them. I uh, have to be very careful with what I talk about in terms of their bodies, and on top of that. Not only can I bitch about the teacher, there's a certain part of me that has to educate on how to be respectful, meaning there's a teacher, I mean there's more than one teacher, but there's a specific teacher in the school that I don't particularly like, and all the students don't particularly like him either, because they complain to me about them all the time. But as an employee in that school, it's my job to remind them that even if they don't like him, they have to respect him. Now don't get me wrong, I don't respect him. Most of the teachers I speak to don't respect him either. He's a bad teacher. He's not coming back next year anyway. But. Like I want to be able to hear their concerns. And validate their concerns. And their complaints. And you know. Let them say whatever they want. But at the same time it's like. I can't. It's. It's similar to. My religion. I mean you know. Obviously I work in a Jewish school. It's all Jewish kids. All Orthodox Jewish kids. All Yeshivish Orthodox kids. And. A lot of them are more along the lines of what would be considered yeshivish than i am um and but there are times where it's up to me as a teacher to remind or enforce certain religious expectations even if i don't follow or believe in them myself or honestly sometimes i'll use them as an excuse for things that might be too emotionally advanced for some students. Um, like, for example, normally, when I take kids out of class, we work in the main praying room. Um, you know, there are tables in there and, and prayer books and whatever. Um, but, you know, normally you go and work in there. And... Sometimes kids make messes or they're loudly talking, and instead of saying "clean up after yourself" or "don't disturb" because that's what you do, I'll say "clean up after yourself" or "don't disturb" because we're in the 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 um the praying room. And like, that feels like so fake because I don't necessarily respect the fact that it's a praying room. I probably did it when I was their age, and I don't necessarily do it now. But it works and, you know, saying that it's because those are the societal expectations and norms, wouldn't work. Clearly, it's a, it hasn't worked because they're still doing it. So, like, being friendly and being friends are two different things. Um, and I don't want to go too far and I don't want to not go far enough, I don't want to overstep, I don't want to understep, I don't want to be too active, I don't want to be too passive, like, I feel like it's such a balancing act, and I'm not sure I'm doing it right, it's not that I feel like I'm failing, I just feel like I don't have confirmation that I'm succeeding, I don't know if such when I will have confirmation that I'm succeeding, both in this specific child's case, and just in general, um, but I must be doing something, right, because at least the the elementary school kids love me. Like they come to me with their problems, and I'm happy to be there for them. And I know I have to maintain a certain distance, but I don't want to maintain a certain distance. Like when I was a kid, I would have wanted someone I could go to about anything and say anything to, and have it on my side. I don't know if I can or should do that, or and I don't know if they want that. Maybe they just want someone they can go to, but still have boundaries. I don't know anyway that'll be it for this week um i'm very sorry for having to talk about certain such topics but i want this to be that for myself where i can do that and maybe be that for you too um you know i was just looking at the analytics and we have people from russia and singapore and um the uae we have people from all over listening Granted, the estimated audience is not very high, so, you know, if you want to share it with your friends, you're more than welcome to, um, and maybe some people who don't identify as male, because 100% of the viewers identify as male, which is kind of a concerning bit of an echo chambery feeling, um, uh, and also, like, the age demographics are purely either 18 to 25 or over 60, like, no in-between, so, you know, it's interesting and all, um, but, yeah, that'll be it for this week. You can follow me on Instagram at simcha underscore Klein, S-A-M-C-H-A underscore K-L-E-I-N, or on Twitter at simander underscore K-S-A-M-M-A-N-D-E-R underscore K. And you'll hear from me next week.